just a couple verses and I'll let you sit down today. Uh, we had, I got a note a while ago that we had a Nissan Xterra, I think a black Nissan Xterra with a Yankee sticker on the back that's lights are on. So if, unless you have a diehard, you might want to check that out. Uh, and, and, and I can't even believe they told us after it had a Yankee sticker on it. I, I, don't, I can't even believe they, and I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I hope you check that. I see somebody running out the door. That must have been the owner right there. Amen. At least we can, we can make sure we don't have a dead battery when we get out of here. Amen. And it's good to have been in the house of the Lord today. Now, this message that you're going to hear, there's not going to be a lot of amens. There's not going to be a lot of uh, 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 shouting, but there's going to be some oh me. Because uh, this is probably going to be the, the easiest, most practical uh, message that you're going to hear all year long. But it's going to be one of the most difficult to apply. Because it's all about our will. Say amen right there. It's not difficult to do if we'll do it. it the question is, are we going to do it? That's the question. Amen. So we're going to start. We're going to start here in Philippians chapter number 3. And uh, if you're here for the very first time, you're here for the very first time, and you filled out one of those prayer cards, could you hold it up real high, real quickly? I want to take all those up today. We want to make sure and get them so we can be praying for you. We've got some right on this side right here and some on this side. Any, raise, it, raise it real high if you've got one. Uh, uh, first time attender card. Hey, let's give everyone a hand that's here. Let them know you're glad to see them. Amen. All right. Let's look in Philippians chapter 3 in verse 12. Have you found your spot? Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect. Now, the word perfect there does not mean without mistakes or faults. It means complete. He says, I'm not already complete, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which I also am apprehended of Christ Jesus. In other words, Paul is saying there is a point of Christ-likeness that I want to be. There is a place in Christ that I want to be, but I'm not there yet. Say it with me. I'm not there yet. I've not attained. I'm not where I want to be. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Father, thank you, Lord, for a great day. Thank you for a time of, uh, of energetic worship, exciting worship, also a time of precious, sweet, uh, fellowship with you. Now, God, we need some encouragement today. We need challenging today. This is not a shouting message. This is, this is a correcting message. This is a challenging message. This is a changing message, and I pray that we'll all receive it. I pray that we'll all receive it as truth, and Lord, use it so we may edify each other and make our relationships better so that we could be the Christians you would have us to be. And God, will thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> Today I want to follow through with a series I began last week on maintaining relationships. Say that with me. Maintaining relationships. Last week we talked about our relationship with our Savior. Our relationship with our Savior and how important it is to maintain a good and a right and a vibrant relationship with our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Today, I want to discuss a relationship with our spouse. Maintaining a relationship with our spouse. Now, for you single people in the house, uh, you say, Preacher, I don't have a spouse so I can check out. No, you need to check in because these principles work for everybody. How many of y'all have friends? 
How many of y'all need one? Then you need to pay attention, amen? Because this will help you, amen? This will help you get the one you need. Uh, how many of y'all have family members that you need to be friends with? Come on. Hey, this works. These principles ring true for everybody. It's not just for the marriage relationship. These things work for everybody. So stay with me. Stay in tune. We're going we're gonna to go somewhere today. Now, here's the deal. I went this week, I went this week, and I asked people, I asked people, uh, what's in a good relationship? I mean, if you had some ingredients, if you had things you'd put in a good relationship, and I got, I got words like forgiveness, that's good, I think that should be in one. Uh, honesty, that's good, that should be in one. Uh, trust, that's one that should be in there. Uh, forgiveness, are y'all with me? Uh, and support, another one. Somebody tell me something that should be in a good relationship. Loyalty, communication, that's a good one, communication. Love, love, that's a good one. Somebody else. All right, you done hollered four times. I ain't heard you. Patience. Be patient with me, brother. Amen. All right. Patience. How many of y'all agree all these things are good stuff? All this stuff needs to be in a relationship. Now, I'm not preaching today on these things and putting them in there. I'm preaching today on how to keep them there and how to keep them right, how to keep your relationship in such a way where it is growing and it is vibrant and it is what it needs to be. You say, preacher, what does that have to do with Philippians? See, I wondered that myself when God kept leading me to this chapter because I was trying to go to the other marriage chapters and the, and the wives and the husbands and all that, but this is what God directed me to for a reason. He said, there's so many people that are satisfied where they are. If it's a bad one, they've done gotten so used to the bad one, they're just satisfied not to do anything about it. If they have a good one, they're satisfied where they are, and they're not willing to do anything about it. Do you know the greatest danger to having a great relationship is having a good relationship? And they're so focused on the past, they're so focused on what it's always been, they're not willing to stretch forward to what it needs to be. And they need to do like Paul and say, I'm forgetting those things which are behind. I'm forgetting my failures. I'm forgetting my mistakes. I'm forgetting those issues that I'll just soon forget. But, but guess what? We need to forget successes too. It's not just failure we need to forget about. We need to forget about successes because there's so many people, and so especially churches, that are living their lives on past success. They're saying, well, we did it like such and such back here. We did, Even though it's not working now, it happened back then, so that's got to be the right way. And they will never look to their future because they can't catch up with their present because their eyes is too much on the past. Forgetting those things. Listen, forgetting how it's always been. Even though it's been bad, even though it hadn't been right, even let's forget about it and say, God, what can you do for me now? What can it be right here? And I want to share with you three important things, three important principles that we can follow, three important steps that we can take to have a great, a great relationship. But let me, let me warn you, these things, are not, these things are not easy, and we've made it that way, but let me give them to you anyhow. Number one, write these things down. How can, I, how can I move from a bad relationship to a good relationship? How can I move from a good relationship to a great relationship? Nothing will ever move until this takes place. First, there's got to be an evaluation. There's got to be an evaluation. How many of y'all believe that, 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 that King David was a pretty good guy? The Bible says he was a man after God's own heart. He was a man after God's own heart. I wonder how he stayed that way. I wonder how he put himself into a place where it could be described of him that he was a man after God's own 
heart because he was willing to say this. There was a psalm that he wrote when he said, Search me, O God, and know me. See if there be any wicked way in me. See, is there anything that would hinder me from being with you? Is there anything that would keep your presence from being upon me? Is there anything that would keep your touch from being upon me? Is there anything that would hinder my walk with you? Lord, evaluate me. Is there something there I need to deal with? Now, every couple should be willing to evaluate their relationship. Now, we don't like to do that because we don't... We don't we don't want to know. We won't go to a doctor because we're afraid of what he's going to tell us. And us in our pride, in our fear, we think if we don't go, it's not a reality. Got a bad tooth. I need to go to the dentist. I'm not going to go to the dentist because I'm afraid of what he's going to tell me. Well, that's, going to, that's just going to fix my tooth, ain't it? My wife messed me up this week, people. I had a dentist appointment Monday. I don't want to go. I don't like them. I don't like paying somebody to hurt me. I need a witness. I don't, I don't like them. I don't like going. I don't like nothing about it. I don't like when they come to that, that little that sly smile. They're just trying to draw you in like, I'm fixing to hurt you. <laughs> come on, give me money. I'm fixing, you know, oh, man, I can't stand it. But little did I know, she scheduled an eye appointment right after my dentist appointment. So I leave the dentist office slobbering like a St. Bernard and I got to go talk to a bunch of people in an eye doctor. They dilate my eyes and say, sir, do you have sunglasses? I said, no, ma'am, I don't have no sunglasses. She says, well, here, and gives me a cardboard set of sunglasses. Now I'm slobbering like a St. Bernard and I got cardboard sunglasses and I look like a big doofus. <laughs> Can you tell I'm still a little bitter about the situation? My wife calls me after, what's wrong with you? I tell boy, help me, Jesus, amen. I don't like to go to them places. I don't, I don't like the eye doctor. I don't like that, but I want to be able to eat corn and see it while I'm doing it, say amen. <laughs> we don't want to ask. Now, here's the, here's the secret to evaluation. Here's the secret to evaluation. Three things, real simple. This is a, I'm telling you, this is the most simple message you'll ever hear, hear in your life. If you're going to evaluate your relationship, first thing you got to do is ask you got to ask. Ask your spouse. Ask your friend. Ask whoever it is that you're wanting to maintain the relationship. How is our relationship? How is our communication? How is our forgiveness? How is our support? Am I supporting you like I need to? Am I helping you around the house like I need to help you? Am I providing for you what you need so this relationship can be a great one? ask but when there's asking there's got to be an answer you got to be willing to answer you got to ask but you got to answer now all that gets messed up because of C when the one asking gets an answer from the other one he's got to be willing to accept the answer he got and people won't ask because they, 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 they don't like the answer. And then the people won't answer because they're afraid of the reaction they're going to get from the one who asked. I'm preaching this morning. 
Let me tell you something. Early on in our, our relationship, Tammy, we would, we would talk about stuff. And, and I know some of y'all, y'all got that perfect relationship. And y'all never had problems. You know, these people come in, I, we've never had a disagreement. They make me sick. <laughs> people like that just irritate the fire out of me. Because we've had some good ones. I mean, we've had, we've had discussions. We've had, woo, we had some nice ones. And, and early on, uh, when I would ask a question, Tammy would give me the answer, and then I would get mad and defensive. And I didn't like the answer. She gave me an honest answer, but I didn't like the answer, so I got defensive about her answer, and boy, here we go. So we, she just learned, I ain't going to answer you. Why should I answer you? You're just going to get attitude. You're going to get defensive and get attitude, so I'm not going to give you an answer. So here we have situations in our marriage that need to be fixed, need to be worked on, but neither, neither one of us is going to ask because I'm afraid what she's going to say. She's afraid how I'm going to react, so we just live with it and suffer through it. Isn't that stupid? What's the point, preacher? The point is this. you got to start asking, and fellas or ladies, whoever the one is, now there's an arguer in the, in, the, in the relationship, and usually there's the one that wants to get quiet. And they just don't want to talk about it. I'm the arguer. Tammy's the one that wants to get quiet and don't want to talk about it. And hopes go the way. It, that don't work. And that makes me so frustrated. Say amen. amen. Let's talk about this thing. Let's get this thing over. Let's deal with this situation right. Nah, 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 nah. And you know, you know how that goes. Y'all know I'm, 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 this is it. This is, this is real life. This is real life right here. Here's the thing. We got to start maturing. Some of y'all got a real maturity problem. Because if you get defensive every time your spouse says something or something you disagree with and you've got to defend yourself, that's immaturity. A wise person will say, how do I need to fix that? How do I need to change that? What do I need to do with that? Because the, the older I got and the more I learned, the more I realized that she's not wrong about everything. And I don't have to have my way about everything. And this goes for men and women. So no, y'all need to keep the elbows to your side right here. There's several people in the emergency room right now with fractures of the rib cages getting x-rays from the first two services with all this right here going on. <laughs> now think about this. Are you willing to ask? Are you willing to ask? You're never going to get a true evaluation of where you stand in your relationship unless you're willing to ask. But then you've got to be willing to answer. You've got to be willing to say, no, you're not really helping around the house. I'm wore out. I feel like I'm doing everything. Are you willing to get an answer? Are you mature enough to handle that? If not, then you need to find a place in this altar and say, God, before I, I work on our relationship, I need you to work on me. I need to deal with my maturity problem. I need to be willing to accept an answer. I need to be willing to adjust my situation. I need to be willing to adjust my attitude so that I can make this thing better. Don't get defensive all the time. You'll never get better if you get defensive about everything. Don't you, don't you, don't you, them people that know everything irritate you? Uh, let me help you out. See, you're doing this, but you, I know. Well, look, if you would kind of, you know, if you'd do this, well, I know. I just want to choke them. If you already know everything, you, 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 you're, you're in for a really disappointing life. And if you think that I'm too young to tell you what to do or, or to help you with a situation, you're going to have a real disappointed life. Because I'm giving you truth. I'm giving you some life experience. This is, this is the deal. You've got to be willing to accept what you hear. You're not always going to like what you hear. I remember one time we had an exercise. We had an exercise with all the staff. You know, this retreat 
That's a trick word right there. A staff retreat. Well, we had this exercise where we had to, we had to be willing to uh, uh, mention a weakness that we saw in the other staff member. Y'all with me? I said, that it's wonderful. I see several things that need to be dealt with right here. And I thought I was mature enough. I really did. I thought that this, you know, that, hey, I could, say, I could say whatever they say. It don't matter to me. It wouldn't. And, and, and it, I was doing real good till they started with me. And this one said, well, I feel like preaching this area. And then the other one said, and, and by, the time, by the time they got around here, I was mad. <laughs> I couldn't say it because I'm the pastor. And I wanted them to come on the retreat, amen. I just wanted to kill the one leading it. And I was just, man, what? You're crazy. You think I'm a, what? What church are you going to? I mean, this is what's, I didn't say that out loud. I'm in my mind. You know what? By the time it was over, I got to thinking about it. Because I had to think, because I couldn't speak. And I thought, you know, they're right. They're right about that one thing. They're, they're right about this deal. You know, I need to change that because I need to get better. And, and if I stayed defensive about it, I would never get better. Now, here's the problem. Here's the problem with our, our relationships with our spouses. With our spouse, I didn't have to be quiet. I could say that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. You're crazy. You don't know what you're talking about. Isn't it amazing we treat our spouses worse than we do a total stranger? I'll catch myself talking to the, one of the girls or Tammy and, 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 and then somebody call, hello. Because I, I can't talk to this church member like I, and, and, and that's, 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 that's whack right there because you're supposed to treat them better than you treat anybody. And what we've done, we've gotten so familiar with our spouses that we'll talk to them any old way because they're ours and, and, you know, they're stuck with us so we can just say whatever, however. And When you get so comfortable that you can mistreat your spouse, you need to go to the altar. And when I was sitting in this little round table with all these people critiquing me, I, I, I just, man, I didn't like that. It, it was uncomfortable and, I, and I, I wanted to get defensive, but I couldn't get defensive because everybody would know it. And, and then it dawned on me, how many times has this same thing happened in our relationship with Tammy that I just spurted off at the mouth and it didn't get no better because I got bitter and defensive and didn't get, are y'all with me? An, a, an evaluation has to have an ask. It has to have an answer and it has to have an acceptance for the answer. Are you ready? Okay, what do we do now since we enjoyed that point so good? Number two, after the evaluation, there's got to be an education. There's got to be an education. After we've evaluated the problem, after we've evaluated the situation, after we evaluated the area of our life that we need to get better, it may be the bedroom, it may be the bank account, it may be finances, it may be the, the babies, it may be how, how we're dealing with the youngins, it may be the in-laws. Whatever that might be, whatever the issue is that we're struggling with, whatever the issue is that we have evaluated, we see we're having a real issue right here that we can't come together with. We need to get an education. What do we do? How do we do that, preacher? First, first, write this down. You need to get a, you need to get some counsel. Seek counsel. 
Now, most men, most men don't want to do this. The majority of the women in the relationships will come and seek counsel. The majority of the men won't. And that's because of pride. God has wired us to be the leader. God has wired us to be the man. God, and that's, that's fine. God wired us to be that way. God wired us tough and rough, and, and we've got to go out and conquer, and, 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 and we have to be the head of the home. And we have to, but, but with that comes an issue, and it comes a weakness in men that we are not willing to seek help. Number one, we don't want people to think we got a problem. We want to come in here and, and act like Ken and Barbie all the time, and we want everybody else to think everything, we got it going on in our house. But guess what? You don't know what's going on in everybody else's house. We all got issues. We all have problems. Man, I, I have seen people say, well, I tell you what, I wish our relationship was more like so. No, I've been, they've been in my office too. Trust me, you don't want what they got. We all have issues. We all have problems. We all have areas of our life that need help. There is no shame in asking for help. The only shame is remaining ignorant. Are y'all with me? I I am you can't help me with a chair. My hip is really killing me. I, I was gonna get that one, but there's a, a fiddle on it. Excuse me. Miss Brittany, there's a violin. She's got too many teeth for it to be a fiddle, amen? Uh, something like that, if you can find one, if you can help. Uh, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Let's not let pride keep us. You know, isn't it amazing the amount of pain that we can endure just because of pride? These shoes I got on, Tammy said they're not going to work. Them going to hurt your feet. No, they ain't. You know, really, they're, it's just, uh, you got a wide foot. and They're, uh, they're fine. I want them. They're, gonna, they're really, they're, uh, what's wrong? Nothing. Are they hurting? No, shut up and get in the car. <laughs> instead, of, instead of saying, you were right. These things are killing me. Pride, no, I don't need it right here. <laughs> Trying to hide me? Thank you, my brother. Give him a hand. Ain't he great? <laughs> Pride. Pride will keep us from seeking help. Now, here's the deal. I, I can't tell you how many times folks have come to the office and just a probably a five-minute They've argued and argued and argued and argued over the situation. They come in and say, well, this is what you need to do. God just kind of reveals it and said, if you'll do this and she'll do this, and it just changes the whole thing. Months, even years of squabbling over one situation in 10 minutes, it was solved. Just like that. Why? Because God will give somebody wisdom to give counsel to help. The Bible says in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Are y'all with me? Give me that other one. Do you, can you give me that, that one in Proverbs, the, the second one that I put up there? If you can do that for me. Look, watch what it says. Hear counsel and receive instruction that thou mayest be wise in the latter end. Now watch this, watch this. There are many devices or opinions, if you will, ideas, many devices in a man's heart. Nevertheless, read it with me, the, that shall, y'all get that? Listen, 
How are we going to get an education? Through seeking counsel. Then, then, then B, write this down. Seeking counsel, but then I want you to see, you got to search knowledge. Search knowledge or information. Well, I tell you what, we've argued and we've argued and we've fussed and fussed and fussed over this situation. Have you Googled it? How many books have you read to solve the problem? You get what I'm trying to get at? I know the Google part was a little humorous. I'm just saying. How much will we fight and argue over it, but we won't take the time to seek an answer to the problem? Because obviously you ain't got one. If you see two people arguing, neither one of them know what they're talking about. Because most of the time, if you know what you're talking about, you're not going to argue about it. Amen? Seek help. Get a tape. Get a seminar. I know a good one coming up Saturday at 1 o'clock. Amen? I asked, uh, I've got a pretty good mentor, Brother uh, Wilford McCormick. And uh, this guy's just got it, man. He's just so smart. I mean, it's just nauseating how smart this guy is. It re- unbelievable. Just knows stuff about everything. I mean, real estate, uh, business ventures, uh, troubled kids, church building, uh, uh, you name it. He's got his hands in it, and he's constantly, constantly doing stuff. And I don't know how he keeps up with all of it. I got in the truck with him one time. I got in the truck with him one time, and he, he had an extended cab truck. And I looked in the back of that, that, that cab in, in the extended cab part, and, and I'm not exaggerating. I'm telling you, all think I am. I'm not exaggerating a bit. It was this deep in seminar tape. Tapes about dealing with troubled kids. Tapes about dealing how, uh, with abused children. Tapes about uh, real estate. Tapes about business. Tapes about, I mean, in my mind, in my, my thought process, I felt like he's the one who needs to be making tapes. I mean, he's so smart with all this stuff. Man, what are you listening to this stuff for? You need to make your own tapes. I figured you knew. All, and this is what he said. I'll never forget it. He said, the moment you stop learning. Now, you've got to get this. The moment you stop learning, you stop growing. And when you stop growing, you start dying. You never know enough. You never learn enough. Preacher, we've been married 25 years. I don't care. You need to learn something. Do you see what Paul said? I have not yet attained. I have not apprehended. I'm not where I want to be. I have not arrived. The moment you feel like you have arrived, you're done. Quit being satisfied where you are. Be willing to learn something. Be willing to learn something that will make you a better husband. Be willing to learn something that will make you a better wife. Be willing to make, listen, learn something that will make you a better friend. Don't stop learning. The moment you stop learning, you stop growing. And when you stop growing, you start dying. Amen? Education comes through seeking counsel. Education comes through searching knowledge and information. Man, hey, one of the greatest books I would encourage everybody to to read is The Five Love Languages. It's one of the greatest books ever written in marriage, for marriage, uh, besides the Bible. It's a great, great book. We, matter of fact, we have a class on it that will kick off right after the marriage conference. It would be a great, great book for you to read. Listen, get stuff. Learn stuff. Not only do we get an education through counsel, not only do we get an education through books and seminars and tapes and things and help, but this is really, really important. Please get this one. 
through successful relationships. Quit asking the wrong people for advice. I am not going to ask somebody who's been bankrupt three times some questions about investing. So why would you ask your, your hair keeper or your barbershop or whoever it is has been divorced 17 times how to treat your wife or how to treat your spouse? It, it really irritates me. We're, I, go, I go to a coon club. It's just like a, a wood building that where coon hunters come in, old and young, and usually the young guys go out coon hunting and the old guys stay in line about times they used to coon hunt. And I've done got to the point I like saying, eating a hot dog, listen to the lies about the old men. It's great, man. It's better than the coon hunting. And we'll be in there, and there'll be so many guys. And I mean, a ton of guys in there. And, and one of these young, young fellas in there just been married, ain't been married long. He's got issues, man. We all, we all got issues. But he'll say, well, I tell you what, such and such went on. And then one of them guys, I tell you what you need to do. If it was me, this is what I would do. You know what I want to say? Shut up. Don't say a word because you don't need the reason you're here is he won't let you come home. You don't need to say nothing. Keep your mouth shut. Amen. I tell you what, if he is my husband, I'd straighten him. I'd do that. I'd do. I'd do. Man, ladies, please be careful who you're listening to. And I'm trying to be just a little facetious, but I'm trying to be honest enough that it don't hurt your feelings and try to be funny so you'll come back next week. Amen. But I'm telling you, listening to the wrong people is deadly. It's dangerous. Watch this. Put that verse back up there, that verse in Proverbs. Watch this right here. There are many devices. That's opinions. That's ideas. That's a way of thinking. Now, how many of y'all know what opinions are? Y'all heard it. And they are, just like what, that, what you think. There are many devices in a man's heart, but nevertheless, nevertheless, no matter what men say or what men think, Nevertheless, say it with me, the, say it with me, that shall stand. I don't care what anybody else told you. I don't care how long they've been your best friend. I don't care what you think they know. If they can't back up what they say with the word of God, you don't need to pay attention. Now, there might be some people that can give you good advice, but if that advice doesn't back up with the Word of God, if what they tell you is contrary to the Word of God, then they don't have good counsel. Do what God says, because in the end, that's the only thing that's going to work. Good counsel. Let's get educated. Let's quit being ignorant. Let's quit being ignorant people. Ignorance is not bliss. It's dangerous. Well, I won't be healed if I don't know. I, well, you, now you know. You can't get out of here now without knowing. You know. Don't be ignorant. If you have an issue, an area of problem in your life, find out, a, find out an answer. Find out a problem. Don't live with it. How many of y'all lived with a toothache for a long time and then finally went to the dentist and he fixed it and you're like, Or maybe a, a physical issue, maybe an ingrown toenail, maybe something that you just put up with. And it, went, and it wasn't nothing like you thought it was going to be. And just fixed it. 
Wouldn't it be a shame to go 10, 15 years in marriage and suffer through pain needlessly when there could be an easy fix to it? And the only reason we did is because of pride. Not just pride, but also fear. Amen? Lastly, we're done. <laughs> We've endured so much already. Amen? One and two won't work unless you get number three. I don't care how much evaluation you do. I don't care how much education you get. Unless you're willing to make an effort, it won't work. The secret to marriage is not love, people. I love my wife, and sometimes I want to choke her to death. There's been times I woke up in the middle of the night, she's standing over me with a frying pan. I, I don't know what that's about. I don't, I don't, I don't know if she wants to know what I want for breakfast. I don't, I don't, I don't. Love's not the, love's not the key. Because how many of y'all, no, don't testify this. Don't answer this. But you know that you don't, you don't always feel in love. You don't. you don't. You don't always feel in love. You don't always feel in like, much less love. <laughs> but you know what changes and makes a marriage? The effort that's put into it. If you're willing to make an effort, that's what will make a difference. So how do I make an effort? Three things, three simple things. You knew it was going to be three, right? A, you got to try. You just got to try. I, I, I love when men come to me. I tell you what, preacher, I went to that conference and nothing changed. It's now the same. It didn't help me at all. Well, I said, how many things did you do? Well, nothing. <laughs> well, that's smart. Go to the doctor and get your prescription and, and fulfill it. Pay all the money to fill it and then don't take the medicine. Genius. <laughs> How do you think it's going to change unless you do it? You got to try it. Then B, you got to apply it. You got to apply it. Some of y'all, you checked out with, with point one. Because you don't want to ask. Because you're afraid what they're going to say. So you, you, you're really not getting anything else after that. And you're not going to do anything I say and, and, and wonder why nothing changes in the relationship. you got to apply it. Medicine don't work unless you take it. A cream don't work unless you put it on. Amen? It, it, it just, it's just that's the way it goes. You see why I said this is going to be the simplest one you hear all year, but it's going to be one of the most difficult? Now, here's the key. If there was a key, you have to try, you have to apply, and here's the key. You have to see, what does it say? you got to retry. Because guess what? It ain't going to work the first time. It's just not. How many of y'all have ever seen Dave Ramsey's uh, financial Peace Seminar, his books, Financial Peace University and all that stuff. You know what he tells you? He says, all the couples, he said, now write your budget out, write it out, list it out, do all this stuff. And he said, then do it again. Because the first time it will not work. I mean, he puts it out there. He tells you right off the bat, it will not work. Try it again. Here's my point. I've had people, preacher, I tell you, I've done that thing for her like you said, and nothing, she didn't change. You've done it one time. You've been married 15 years. 
do it again. I tell you what, I, I, I met his need in such and such an area, and he still got a bad attitude. Do it again. Do it again. Try it again. Well, I tell you, first time I asked, he had an attitude. Try it again. Don't stop. Let me, get, let me give you some real good advice that nobody wants to hear. God never wanted you or asked you or expected you. He never intended for you to change your spouse. God intends for you to change you. I've done figured out by now. I haven't been married a long, long time, but I've been married long enough to know I ain't changing her. And she's got it figured out she ain't changing me neither. So guess what? All I can change is me. Let's work on changing us and allow God to change them. The Bible says the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord, and as the rivers of water, he turn it with us wherever he will. God can change their attitude. God can change a situation. God can slap him better than you. God can move in the situation better than we can. God can change it better than we can. God can move and it be permanent. I promise you this. Let's change us. I, God, God didn't say you do this if she does that. God says you love her like Christ loved the church. No matter what she is, no matter what she does, no matter how she acts, you love her like Christ loved the church. Ladies, you have a responsibility toward him. I don't care if he's a weasel. I don't care if he's a jerk. You picked him. You do what God called you to do. And I promise you, God will protect you. God will put on you what you need. God will give you the grace that you need. And God will deal with him. Let's quit trying to manipulate each other. Let's quit trying to change the other person to be what we want them to be. Let's change us to be what God called us to be, and God will deal with the other. Amen, preacher, right there. That's hard stuff to swallow, isn't it? And I really didn't want to tell you all all that because I want you all to come next week. I do. I really do. I want you all to come back. But guess what? I've got to deal with this. You say, you're meddling. You shouldn't. This ain't none of your business. It is when there's the same divorce rate in the church as it is in the world. Somebody better say something. Our churches are disintegrating and they're being destroyed from the inside out because God is destroying families through marriage and with that comes the children and I'm telling you, it's time that we stop that mess. Don't settle for bad when you can have good. Don't settle for good when you can have great. Be willing to evaluate your relationship. Be willing to get an education and learn something that's going to help and change. Let's be willing to make an effort. At least try. At least try. Don't leave mad. Don't leave with an attitude. Just say, I'm going to try it. At least try. You will miss every shot you don't take. At least try. Are y'all with me? Father, we need help today. We need help to, to be what you'd have us to be. I, I know this is not easy. I know none of this stuff is easy. But God, it's necessary. Our families are being destroyed. Our families are, are disintegrating right before our eyes. And God, I, I, I want to stop that. Lord, I don't want people to just stay together. I want them to want to stay together. I want them to enjoy being together. Not getting a divorce is not, is not the goal. But having a great relationship is. Well, at least they're staying together. That's not the, that's not the goal.
having a great relationship is the key and the goal what we're searching for. God, I pray your will be done. As every head's bowed and every eye closed, I wonder how many couples will come to this altar and just say, God, help me with this stuff. Help me with this stuff. None of this is easy, but help me. How many of y'all have friends, family members that you can't get along with that you need to do this stuff with? Just come and say, God, help me. God, help me to evaluate my relationship with my boss. Help me to evaluate my relationship with my, my friend. Help me to evaluate my relationship with my family. My mom, my dad, my uncle, my cousin, my, my aunts, my uncles. Help me to be what you'd have me to be. Help me to do what you'd have me to do. Help me to put you first. Help me to put you first. Help me to glorify you in our relationship. If you're here today and you're not saved, we've got people at this altar be glad to take a Bible and show you how to be saved. Say, preacher, I've never trusted Christ as my Savior. Well, come on. Come on, we'll take a Bible and show you how to be saved today. Say, preacher, I want to join up. I want to be a part of Temple. Well, come on. Come on. We'll help you. Father, I pray that you'll be with all these couples and individuals in this church and in this altar that are praying right now, praying for your touch, praying for your anointing, praying for your help, praying for the ability to practice all these things. God, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll help them. I pray that you'll help them and touch them, Lord. I pray that you'll give them what they stand in need of. Lord, we'll thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. You take all the time you need to pray. We're going to sing a verse of invitation as we sing. Help us as we sing. Is God dealing with your heart? Come on. Is God dealing with your heart? Come on.